so this week I got back uh, my I don't and I don't know if you saw saw my posting on the Facebook group when when I posted some uh, some video of this, but I got back my custom bound GI Joe A Real American Hero books from the bookbinder. So I've now got eight volumes of custom bound hardcovers uh, covering GI Joe issue one up to issue one five five with all sorts of uh, yeah, lovely uh, goodies tucked away as extras in the, uh, in the back of the, the books and stuff. T- tell, so, us, tell us about two or three of the best goodies. Okay, so uh, I've got the, the bench press stuff in the back of the final volume, volume eight, which was the series that they wanted to get off the ground in around about uh, year 2000, I think it was maybe 1999. And they went as far as getting uh, Larry Hammer on board. They they produced some uh, sample pages with Ron Lim, I think it was. And they made even some announcements out there uh, saying that, you know, they were intending to do this project, but they'd never actually got all of the contractuals down with uh, Hasbro. And the uh, project just fell apart and never happened. So I included, yeah, uh, Larry's pitch proposal for that and uh, the... I think four pages of art that were produced as well as the the, the cover in the in the back so i'm pleased with that one uh i've also got the secret history of the prava patrol in volume one which is uh the prototypes for the october guard so that appeared uh they they those characters appeared in uh, a sort of standalone issue prior to G.I. Joe and um, illustrated by uh, Herb Trimpey. And then those characters were essentially ported across into that first uh, appearance uh, in, in the G.I. Joe Real American Hero book. Uh, but then I think concerns about uh, the ownership of those characters and the fact that they were appearing in a, in a Marvel license booked uh, caused concern. And then the, the, the pages that had been completed with uh, the, the, all of these characters as these uh, trimpy originated uh, Russian characters called the yeah the Prava Patrol uh, were reworked at the uh, last hour to into uh, renamed and slightly redesigned characters uh, called the October Guard. So uh, yeah, I included uh, some stuff about that and first appearance of the uh, of that team in there. So yeah, uh, lots of quite cool stuff that I've tried to to dig out and uh, and stick in the volumes, but mostly uh, sort of yeah, scans of original art that have been uh, on, for example, uh, on, her- on heritage auctions and stuff like that, where you're able to see a quite high res art, which uh, then produces quite nicely uh, as yeah, once it's uh, you know, added in and printed out. So yeah, very pleased. And, and um, the next project is to, to move on to the IDW era, Picking up with what, 155 and a half. So, Mark, I'm sort of a, a book nerd because uh, <laughs> I own a bookstore and I've occasionally thought about having issues bound and I think about how much I would lose. So the, the binder has to cut a millimeter or two or three uh, from the spine of the issue in order to glue it or sew it into the binding. So when you open up one of these hardbound editions do you feel like the artwork is getting pulled inward so so it depends on the style of binding that is is used so if you i think it's called smythe zone that um what you can do is if you can if you keep the book completely intact don't lose any pages what they can do is they can just sew up through the middle of the book and then it can sit and open 
um, without any gutter loss uh, at all. There's another technique where if you are cutting out ads, adverts and stuff, you don't have the full intact book and then you've got an issue with potentially loose pages that they, they'll sort of, uh, they'll probably uh, sew, sew through um, the sides uh, to, to retain it to, together. And then there's a, a more simplistic, I think, glued binding, which uh, generally is, is frowned upon, not really used. And yeah, with, with, the, with the initial one where, where it's, you keep the book intact, you, you sew it through the middle, you lose virtually nothing and it will sit uh, and open uh, better than probably an officially published omnibus, for example. Uh, and even the other technique, you don't lose very much at all. If there's a if there's a book where there's a whole lot going on right in the gutter, right where the pages meet, there then you know maybe there there is a little bit of loss, but it's certainly not been an, an issue that uh, that I've encountered. Yeah, generally it, it, they they read and display um, very well, uh, particularly if you know you know if you're sort of trying to balance it out, not going too far overboard and trying to make the book too big, but yeah. If you if you go up to uh, it, it all depends on the, the paper size and the thickness and trying to maintain keep a, keep the thickness to a sensible level. But, but generally, twenty five to thirty issues of a book uh, works uh, pretty well and looks uh, very nice. That sounds great. I if if I were to ever do this, I would definitely not cut out any ads because that's half the fun. Exactly. Yeah. There's 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 so much nostalgia and fun in in the uh, the vintage ads in the Marvel books for the. Uh, for the more modern stuff, I'm m- more happy to cut it out just simply in, in terms of the way that the ads appear right at the back of the book. And, and also that it's not, it's generally advertising stuff that I don't really have much interest with, uh, interest in, uh, for example, just, you know, the whatever IDW happens to be publishing that month, which generally I'm not, uh, uh, yeah, not collecting or don't have a huge amount of interest in. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, the fun of it is, is it's an individual choice, and you can include or exclude whatever you want. It's you know up to you how to how you prepare it, what you put in, uh, whether you keep it ultra simple, whether you try and put in lots of extras. You know, up to you. So it's a uh... one of uh, one of the customers at my shop is a bookbinder. So Ooh, yeah. were, were I to ever do this, uh, I know who I would ask. Very good. Yeah, and uh, it, you know, there's a big old, old community of it. There's some. Uh, there's a fair. There's a few specialists. Uh, I think there's a le- you know one or two particularly leading um, in the market in America. There's I think uh, Hoochin and Herring and Robinson, if I remember correctly, uh, who yeah sort of specialise in it and, and do a lot. And uh, there's lots of uh, there's a few Facebook groups of people sort of sharing their uh, their projects and uh, the final result and stuff. And yeah, the the best uh, products that uh, are produced look just as good as any professionally produced uh, omnibus so um it, you can produce some pretty nice uh results but uh yeah enough of that normally at this point in time we would go in inside chief's mind so for a change of pace let's go inside mark's mind <laughs> this this week inside my mind is literally what has just happened to me so uh, we started the podcast a few minutes late, and the reason for that is entirely my fault, but I'll deflect some of the blame to Mrs. Funky Bunches as well. So uh, I wanted to get out to uh, the local comic shop in uh, in Brighton in, in the UK uh, to pick up my comics because I've not been there since a little while, little while after the, the, the last the, what, lockdown number one probably was, uh, was um, done, so... I've uh, got a few comics that are built up and particularly doing the podcast. I want to have uh, my paper copy in front of me really to be flicking through as we're doing all this kind of stuff. I'm not a massive fan of the, of the digital. So 
uh, I thought, yeah, been a good few months since I've been there. The the shop is is closed, but they they do a pay remotely service and then pick up at the at the door. So that's that's cool. So all I had to do was get down to to, to there uh, when they're open. Uh, I was going to do that last Saturday, but it was a bit busy, a bit rainy. Didn't really want to have a long walk into town, so I put it off. Do it Sunday. They're not open on Sunday. Okay, you can wait a week. Then so I was going to do it to today. You know, got up early, made all the arrangements of shop, paid. Uh, you know, told Tom, told uh, Mrs. Funky Bunch all of the uh, all of the plans, and and it was that point that she thought it was a great idea to prefer her to just pop out uh, to the supermarket to go and get some 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 food uh, to make uh, something for for dinner, which is nice, but meant that I couldn't then go out because I had to to keep an eye on the on the kids, and that delayed me. And then we had to had to have lunch that delayed me even more. And then uh, got out. Uh, it's uh, almost an hour there, an hour back. Uh, went with the dog. Walking there was fine. Walking uh, back out of practice, I have not done a two-hour walk uh, for a very long time, and uh, yeah, my feet felt it. I on on the way back, you know, I could feel those blisters bubbling up and forming on my feet, uh, m- you know, as in real time as I was walking. And yeah, so uh, I think uh, I'm going to be feeling it. I'm going to think pour myself a hot bath tonight and uh, have a soak. And uh, <laughs> but I think my feet uh, will be feeling it. My legs will be feeling it. But it's good. I, f- I feel good to do it because it's a walk that I would normally do most days to get to uh, get to work and then back again uh, for for home. Um, so so nice to do and uh, get out, see something other than these uh, four walls or the normal walks we normally do with the with the dog. So uh, yeah, I'm very glad to get my comics as, as well, so that I've actually got something. Uh, that I can read that isn't on a screen. <sighs> there we go. You've been inside my mind. I think we can move on. Uh, before we do that, do you want to give me your elevator thoughts on uh, on on Snake Hunt? Sure. I thought it was good. I liked the uh, formal list experiment that the final chapter would be all splash pages. Right. If you think back to Silent Interlude, Triptych, Diptych, uh, SFX, <laughs> SFX, and I forget what what the Yearbook Three story is, but you know, Larry Hama has done this kind of thing. You know, Superman seventy five did this kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's all splash pages. Um, yeah, and I think it's not the first splash page issue in uh, the IDW era. Even we had a. A, an issue where they were uh, the ninjas were up against um, the revanche robots, right? As well, so so yeah, we've, it's the second time I think we've seen an all splash page issue from from Larry in the ARA uh, run. Um, I the was it issue was it chapter three or four where uh, where Throwdown is is on a hiss tank up mm-hmm. in the air for the whole yeah. issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was my favorite chapter. Uh, I. Uh, as I mentioned in the special episode interview with me, or you and me talking afterwards mm-hmm. that didn't get recorded, I really liked in the two or so chapters where the Joes are, are explaining to us how they're going to get to Springfield. Because <laughs> uh, that's the kind of uh, sort of mechanical business that a comic like G.I. Joe takes note of and other comics, whether realistic or not, tend to. Uh, tend not to, and mm-hmm. I think I think that goes back to Larry Hama reading Karl Barks, Uncle Scrooge, and Junior Woodchuck stories when he was young. That you have characters figuring out how to do things, and also, mm-hmm. you know, like the part of the military is 
the mechanism of the military. You have to feed these people, you have to fix their material, you have to transport them. Um, yeah, logistics. In, in terms of the actual story, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the brainwave scanner. I want Dr. Mindbender to do something a little different because I feel like uh, for much of the IDW run, he's less of an interrogator and more of, he's sort of there so Cobra Commander doesn't talk to himself. So as a, <laughs> yeah, as it would a, be a potentially a, a great little twist if there was a sort of a, a Tyler Durden kind of little, <laughs> little twist to the story he's, he's where actually, we discover that Dr. Mindbender died in the freighter and every time we've seen him since it's it's only been in cobra commander's mind <laughs> i also i also wonder if there is a i think the general idea that cobra commander is scared of snake eyes or traumatized by snake eyes putting a knife to his neck back in is it issue 97 i forget i think that cobra commander has good reason to either want to take out or subvert snake eyes I think trading on the idea that he doesn't know that Snake Eyes is dead has value. And I think continuing Throwdown and um, the new Snake Eyes as separate characters is totally fine. And in a way that I feel like there's sort of too many Batman family characters right now. You know, there's too many sidekicks and friends. You know, Joker's got a girlfriend and an ex-girlfriend and there's four different Batgirls. Um, as, brand, <laughs> as brand extension, that's too much for me. Mm -hmm. um, with G.I. Joe, I think, you know, once you decide to kill Snake Eyes, I think that's a bold decision and I think that's totally fair. It's like Marvel telling Wolverine's origin around 2001. If Marvel didn't do it in comics, Hollywood was going to do it. And then Marvel yeah. would have to choose whether to ignore it or what. So, um, you know, Larry's, Larry's not going to write G.I. Joe forever. Um, and I think that he puts a point on a few things and ends a few things um, can be really powerful. I don't love how Snake Eyes died. I thought the issue after was remarkably powerful, the, the mm -hmm. quote, funeral issue. Yep. And uh, I certainly don't love that misplaced word balloon tale in the panel where Snake Eyes dies. Uh, okay. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to have to but, take that out. Uh, well, uh, uh, Snake Eyes appears to be talking in the, in his final panel, because uh, the word balloon tail, I, it's, it's either supposed to be aiming at Serpentor or Lady, uh, Scarlet, and it's aiming at him. And uh, not my favorite mis not my favorite mistake um, in, in publishing. Anyway, uh, sorry, back to Snake Hunt. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought for a story that was going to use every character, I wish it had been longer so that more characters would get to have specific scenes where they do something and uh and i thought um using two artists made a lot of sense because this is not an easy comic to draw because it's not a solo book it's a team book but it's two team books and they also have vehicles and fans get very upset when a character's you know costume is drawn uh wrong and i thought uh, both artists did uh good work and i thought some of the work was was quite excellent yeah um, yep, so sure. um I liked it. Uh, as with a lot of G.I. Joe stories, because Larry doesn't write for story arcs, he's not that kind of writer. So, you know, chapter one isn't really chapter one, and chapter 10 mm. isn't really chapter 10. The story stuff is happening after, just as, you know, the, the two or three issues beforehand were, were setting things up. Um, yeah. I, do th I do think the, the issue with the memorial issue, that was two or three months ahead of that, where every character who has died gets a reference. I thought that was both a powerful issue 
Um, it was a it was a nice sort of early bookend to Snake Hunt because you you can't have the dead character show up. Uh, and I also thought um, <laughs> there was a letter a couple issues after that memorial issue uh, where someone wrote in and said how good it was, and Larry in his response refers to how hard it was to write, and I thought that yeah. was really powerful. <laughs> 